helping today's entrepreneurs stay on top of the latest digital marketing trends. I'm David Bain and this is Digital Marketing Radio, episode 143, how to attract and engage email subscribers. DigitalMarketingRadio.com Today's episode is brought to you by Aweber. Build your email list, engage your subscribers, do email the right way. I've arranged a special deal for all digital marketing radio listeners, and that's a 60-day free trial with the email marketing software provider I use, Aweber. Lock in your 60-day free trial, plus view a video that I've recorded on the three reasons why I use their service at aweber.com slash DMR. So just go to aweber.com slash DMR to get started today. The Big Interview with David Bain. Well, I'm joined today by someone who moved from project management to educating and communicating the value of email marketing to digital marketers, entrepreneurs, and content creators everywhere. Welcome to DMR, Tom Tate. Hey, how are you, David? I'm Happy very, to be here. Very good, thanks. Yeah, great to have you on here. Awesome. Well, Tom is a product marketing manager at aweber.com. So, Tom, how would you compare the value of email marketing compared with other forms of digital marketing? So, I think, you know, and let me actually backtrack. I believe, you know, that the value is exponentially larger with email marketing because you're building your audience on on something that you own, right? Uh, so, I... I I've heard a lot of people mention this, uh, so it, it might be a bit of a cliche, but you know, don't build your house on rented land. Uh, so you can definitely find your audience on things like uh, social networks like Facebook, Twitter, uh, Medium. You know, all these very strong, all these very strong networks that you can go out and you can participate in conversations, right? And you can get followers, uh, and that's certainly a very attractive thing. Uh, you can gain influence um, and, and authority, and you can convert those followers into uh, paying customers, paying subscribers, uh, whatever it is that your business model is. That's all very possible. But as soon as uh, Facebook you know, goes and changes an algorithm or makes you pay more for something, um, it could really jeopardize your, your business model and the relationships that you work to build. You know, Twitter today uh, is, is kind of... Uh, being discussed as, you know, what is the future of Twitter? So if you spent the past couple of years building uh, your audience on Twitter, and now you're kind of at that crossroads trying to consider, um, is Twitter the right platform for me? Um, you have to really think about the amount of time that you invested, you know, in, in, in building your, uh, your space in, in someone else's um, platform, right? Yeah, absolutely. With email... With email, of course, you're going to be using a, a service provider that, that you don't necessarily own, but you're going to be building those relationships on a one to one basis, you know, between you and the subscriber. And that list uh, that you're going to be growing is something that you you will own, you know, like you can take that with you. Um, and those relationships, you really can't replace that. So that's why I think the value is, is just incredibly large with email. Great advice, great advice. And it's funny because um, you see a platform and um, perhaps everyone's engaging on it at that moment in time and you think, well, nothing will ever happen to this. But of course, a couple of years down the line is very hard to predict. Yeah. And um, unless you're in control of how you communicate with your audience, it can suddenly be taken away from you. And that um, is a scary thing, certainly for anyone that's happened um, to them. I remember a few years ago, you know, Perhaps Google um, removed the right um, 
to have YouTube channels for certain users, you know, and um, perhaps users had, had built up thousands and thousands of subscribers to their their YouTube channels. And the same can happen with Facebook or did happen with Facebook and the, the sudden reduction in organic reach. Is it actually appropriate for every single type of business to build a list, you think? I, I, I do, right? Because with, with business, typically there's a human being on the other end uh, that's going to be fueling your business, right? So typically, you know, whether you sell a product or a service, uh, it's going to be a person on the other end that's going to be purchasing your product or your service. Uh, and I think that, you know, the best way to just keep that person engaged with you and your brand and, and building a personal relationship is email because I've yet to meet a person, you know, over the age of 15 um, who doesn't spend a day, uh, at least once a day, uh, checking their, their inbox, you know, so it is a, a place where people uh, rely on getting information. And, you know, some people check their inbox 50, 60 times a day, you know what I mean? Uh, with with uh, your mobile device always being five feet away from you at all times. Uh, it is a great way to just have that one to one connection. Absolutely. Um, so I think no matter what type of business uh, you're in, uh, if, if you think about the human being on the other end of your business, um, that person is using email and there's there's always probably a use case, you know, that you can you can interact with them for sure. It's funny, people were saying a long time ago, maybe 2007 or so, well, social media is going to be the new email, it's going to be the new form of communication. But um, it's a different form of communication, but it certainly hasn't replaced it. But but even looking into the future, I know it's very difficult in digital media to, to look, say, five sure. years into the future, but um, you don't see email changing significantly at all. I The importance of email, I do not see changing significantly. I'm hoping, because I'm an email nerd, you know, I'm an email fanatic, I'm hoping that the technology changes um, so that you can do more with email, um, of course. But I, I don't think that the, uh, the one-to-one connection between uh, a marketer and a consumer or a human being on the other end on the inbox, uh, that connection that, that is made initially with email and continued through email, I don't see that. Uh, necessarily changing. And, uh, you know, just to go on the record, I love social media. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with social media. I think it's changing the way that we communicate with each other. Um, I just find that the platforms that come and go, they serve specific purposes. um, And they're not as stable, right? Um, So and, and, you know, Snapchat, Anchor, Peach, you know, there's all these new ones that are just popping up immediately. Um, and you have to kind of get in there, dip your toes in, figure it out. Um, whereas email, it, it, it's been around for a very long time. Uh, people have a strong understanding of what it is. Um, and it, I just don't really see that specifically um, the dynamic changing so much. But technology wise, I mean, how awesome would it be to be able to make a purchase directly from an email? You know, both from a consumer side and a marketer side, you know, click a button and have that uh, process the entire purchase, not just take you to a website where you have to follow up with extra steps. Like, I would love to see that type of technology come to fruition. Yes, yeah, so well, sure. I'm sure it will. I mean, it was incredible. It was a long time ago that PayPal made it possible for you to send a payment to an email address. And um, I, I couldn't actually envisage at the time, whenever it was back in about two, the year 2000 or so, how that actually worked but it, it works it works effectively and um i guess there's many other technologies that te- technologies that could be associated with um email that um has yet to be invented and that's exciting 
email design, um, you know, email design standards. Uh, there's just a lot of cool things, uh, interactivity in email. There's just, yeah, it's just an exciting time to be an email marketer because it's, it's something that has shown that it has staying power and that it, it has a, a proven ROI. Um, but it's still, you know, moving in new directions all the time. So one of the continual debates is probably, is it right to actually ask for as many fields as information from your prospects to begin with, to actually try and get that detail from them? Or is it sometimes more effectively to get a higher opt-in conversion rate and only ask for an email address? What are your thoughts on that one, Tom? It depends. Uh, so we had a conference uh, last October, uh, the Ascend Summit, and Ollie Gardner from Unbounce spoke at that. And he was talking about conversion rate optimization, specifically for getting capturing leads. Um, and if anyone has followed Ollie, you know, he's, he's a genius in that space. And he kind of showed a graph where um, the opt-ins actually leveled off at a certain point after, I believe it was, you know, uh, one to four fields, uh, form fields was pretty strong. And then four to, I, I, you know, don't quote me on this, but it was like four to nine or four to 10 fields is when it dropped off. But then once you went from like 10 to 15, it went up again. So <laughs> it, it did, yeah, it was really interesting, his, his research uh, and his data. But my, my philosophy on that is, is you can use your form fields um, to qualify your leads, right? So it, it really depends on the strategy you know, that you're after. Um, if you want uh, quantity, uh, then sure, you're going to want to reduce resistance to, to opt-in. You're going to want to just stick with either email address or name an email address. Um, but if you want uh, quality leads uh, on your list, and that's part of your strategy, is you don't want uh, necessarily uh, just as many as you can get. You want people who are going to be qualified buyers or qualified uh, to use your service or give you enough information so that you can follow up directly. Um, I would definitely test uh, getting more information at that opt-in point uh, because it's always easier to get it then uh, than to try to get it later, right? Right. Um, so so I, it, it, it depends on your strategy. If you're just getting started, it's definitely attractive to get as many as you can, um, you know, which makes sense if you just want email uh, address. Um, I always like to ask for at least first name uh, because I'm a huge fan of using personalization in email. Um, so if you don't ask for that, you can't use first name, um, you know, in the subject or in the body of the email. So first name email, I think, is a great start. Um, and another tip, too, is if, if you plan on sending, um, you know, emails. So if you plan on sending email during you know, someone's business hours, uh, in the form field for email address, if you ask for business email address, you'll increase the likelihood that you're going to be reaching that person in a business setting, mm. right? So if someone gives their personal address and you're really trying to move them down a conversion funnel to make a business purchasing decision, um, having their personal email address is not going to be very helpful. They might be checking that outside of work hours, right? Um, so being very careful with the form field labels is another interesting way to test quality. And if, um, if you ask for a business email address, are people likely to actually listen to that and give you their business email address? Yeah, so that was another tip from Ali. And, and he said that uh, he actually saw an increase in leads, right? So the fact that you were just asking for a business email address might have even given um, your himself more credibility there, right? Like he wasn't going to, he didn't want your personal email address. He wasn't going to 
um, you know, bombard your personal inbox. Like he, he positioned himself transparently um, as wanting your business email address so that he can start a business relationship, mm. right? Email is all about starting relationships. Um, so I think that by saying business email address, um, you're positioning yourself as someone who's ready to, to engage in a business relationship. Um, and, and I, you know, you may get some personal email addresses in there, but for the most part, I think it's a really good tactic to qualify your leads for sure. Okay. And, and you mentioned up to four fields, you don't see a massive reduction in the opt-in rate that you actually see from new subscribers. Does that depend on the actual fields that you have as well, though? I mean, I would imagine that if you ask for first name, last name, uh, an email, and maybe something else, you might have a reasonable opt-in rate. But if you had telephone number, I would have thought that telephone number, people are a little bit more reticent to give that. Do you know if that's the case? I'm sure that's the case. So again, that was Ali's data uh, that he showed at at this this conference, uh, the presentation he gave. And I am always hesitant um, whenever I appear on a, on a on a podcast or whenever I, um, you know, engage in a blab or a Google Hangout. I'm always hesitant to just throw out email marketing statistics uh, because every email marketing campaign, um, every uh, opt-in form uh, conversion rate. Uh, all that stuff is going to vary so much based on the industry, uh, based on the amount of traffic your site gets. Um, but one of the things that I, I see the most, uh, having the most impact on something like that would be, uh, what's your offer, right? So if you're giving um, a very high value webinar um, with a, a, a huge influencer in a specific space, right? You can probably ask for phone number and credit card information. You know what I mean? Like if if it's, if it's a really strong offer, um, you can definitely ask for more personal qualifiers, um, and not see a huge drop. Um, because what you're offering in return is so valuable. If you're just saying, sign up for my weekly newsletter for tips and tricks, um, which is a very casual offer. Um, you're not really offering anything tangible immediately. Um, you probably are going to see diminishing returns when you start asking for first name, last name, email address, phone number, business website address. You know what I mean? Like once you start asking for more things, um, you know, drop downs, radio buttons, yeah. you're creating resistance uh, that don't that that doesn't necessarily equal um, that that offer, right? But but for a business to business type scenario, it's potentially a good negative qualifier, and you'll get less irrelevant people um, signing up to whatever actually you're trying to offer them. And if you have seven or eight different fields, then perhaps it's a good way to actually... It, it, it is. It's, it's a good way to um, to capture the most serious prospects. Yeah. Absolutely. That's the thing. Um, so separate, you know, so separate a, the wheat from the chaff. That, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Was phrase, yeah. Oh, and, and also to... to um, yes, definitely. And also to add on to that too, um, don't ask for a phone number if you never plan on using it, right? Yeah. Um, so don't ask for information that you don't plan on using. Uh, if, if you are going to ask for a phone number, um, I'm assuming you're going to do it so that you can follow up directly um, with your leads uh, over the phone um, and, and connect regarding your business. Um, but I, I always tend to uh, recommend that people only ask for the information that they plan on using. Even if they plan on using something a little later in their strategy, that's okay. Uh, but definitely be considerate of how you're going to use the data that you're asking for. So 
someone's actually taking the time to actually build up their email list they're um quite happy with the email list that they've got perhaps you could also have more but um it's uh, good to have a a fairly decent email list what are some of the more effective ways to actually get your subscribers to open and engage with your emails because you hear a lot of stories now that some open rates are are decreasing uh, um, the actual reading of your emails are decreasing is that the case and um is it possible to actually improve that it's definitely possible to improve and i think um one of my favorite tips for improving open rates, uh, it's, it's a strategy that uh, if you've ever heard of Derek Halpern mm-hmm. from uh, Social Triggers, uh, Derek Halpern talks about the information gap. Um, and if you want to Google that, that phrase and, and Derek Halpern's name, um, you know, you'll pull up his, his kind of primary blog article about it. Uh, but it's a great strategy where you just you mention uh, just enough information uh, that signifies there's more in the email uh, to play off of people's curiosity, right? So you won't believe this one strategy that 10 x my ROI, or you won't believe uh, what happened to me yesterday. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like you kind of, you insinuate uh, that there's so much more in the email um, that you're just drawing on, on people's genuine curiosity. Like that's a really good strategy that I like. And and I've seen a lot of success with that. Um, Another thing that I've been experimenting with, and there's mixed opinions on this. So I absolutely recommend you test it and it's not going to work with all brands. Uh, So it really needs to complement your brand. And uh, that's using emojis in the subject line. Um, Again, like it is something that you absolutely need to test. Uh, but I've, I've been having great success using uh, the coffee emoji in my subject lines uh, for my personal email list. Uh, and I've seen some significant uh, lifts in open rates just by using an emoji. Because another thing that I found, too, is if you use one or two emojis in the beginning mm. of your subject line, even if they don't register on every email client, it kind of indents the um, the subject line right. a little bit because they just show up as blank spaces. Okay, um, And I think just... Just the nature of having your subject line indented a little bit helps it stand out amongst the the full list of emails in, in somebody's. Um, uh, what about the uh, length of email? Oh, the actual length of the the email itself. Yes, I mean uh, generally, generally, or, or the subject line. Uh, the, the actual email itself, because I mean, um, generally, I find that uh, fairly short emails can result in in quite high conversion in terms of click throughs, but um, perhaps that's not what you're looking for people to do all the time. You might just be looking to educate them, of course. So um, have you done many tests on whether shorter or longer emails in general are more effective? Yes. So we actually just wrote um, a blog post on the Aweber blog about how long should your emails be? Because that's a question that we hear not just from beginners who are just getting started in email marketing, but kind of veterans who've been, who've been doing it for a long time. A lot of people want to know what's the recommended length of an email and um, it's a really cheap answer, but the, the, the cheap answer is that it depends because mm. it really depends on what your strategy is. Um, so if your strategy is to drive traffic to your site, um, say that you're a, you're a blogger and you want to drive traffic to your site because that's where, that's where all the action happens, right? That's where um, people are commenting. That's where people are converting if you sell additional products or services. Um, you might want to tease your post. Uh, and then have a link to read more or finish the post. Um, so your email is really just a teaser. And then you just want to push uh, your traffic to your site because that's where the optimal experience is. Um, and that's where conversions are happening. Um, if, like you said, your goal is just to educate, um, you can probably accomplish that in just the email. 
Um, so it might make sense to try to uh, have a, a, a mid, mid-length or lengthier email. Um, so for us specifically at, at AWeber, um, if, a, if a prospect, someone who's interested in AWeber as a platform, you know, signs up, um, we will send a automated follow-up series of information about AWeber uh, where we're really just going to be explaining the features of the product and the value of email marketing in the email. There's no additional properties we want to send the traffic to other than, you know, a, a point of conversion on the site. So we do the majority of the education in the email itself. Um, and we find that's pretty effective. And then the call to action in the email is just to sign up for your trial. Um, so that, that's a really good way. Uh, in my personal, um, in my personal email marketing campaigns, I love lengthy emails. Um, but my, my goal is just to create relationships and to educate and inspire the people who subscribe to my list. Um, so I'll take as much real estate as needed in that email until people start clamoring that it's too long, right? <laughs> and what, what about frequency of emails as well? Um, is there an optimum frequency in terms of one every couple of days or something like that? Or is the answer it depends on that as well? Well, I, I definitely think that the optimal frequency is... Um, the optimal frequency is going to depend on your subscribers. And I think that, that that kind of brings up a great point. You really need to respect and think about and consider your subscribers on the other end, right? They are human beings. So you don't want to email them two, three times a day um, because that's, that, that's probably going to get annoying for them, right? Mm. Um, the best recommendation I have for that is set the expectation of how many, how, what the frequency is going to be up front. Um, so a great place to do this is uh, the, the, the confirmation page or the thank you page when someone signs up for your email address. So you can say, um, you know, thank you so much for signing up for, for my list. You can expect to hear from, from me, you know, once a week. I send a Sunday uh, digest or, you know, every Tuesday and Thursday or um, what, what have you. Uh, We've recently started doing automated email courses. Um, so we have a what to write in your emails uh, email course. And we say up front that this course is going to be delivered once a day for five days. Right. Um, so people know they're going to receive, when they sign up, they know they're going to receive an email once a day for five days. Um, so I think that transparency and just being uh, very open about uh, frequency is the best bet. Um, and then another great way to try to get a sense of you know, how frequent or how infrequent should you be sending is if you have a sizable list, um, send an occasional survey um, or just have a link at the bottom of certain surveys um, or at the bottom of certain emails uh, so that people can optionally take a survey. And that could be one of the questions, you know, um, am I sending email too frequently or infrequently? And, uh, you know, your readers will give you honest feedback and you can you can pivot and kind of adapt to that. Well, coming up, we're going to be uh, learning about the one piece of software that Tom couldn't live without. But first of all, I'd like to say a big thank you to Alex Tachlova. Alex was actually a guest on episode 115 of Digital Marketing Radio, and she's recently published a blog post summarising all the 2016 marketing predictions that my 54 guests shared on the Christmas Digital Marketing Radio special show. And uh, she's actually included predictions from 30 other experts, so 
she's produced a blog post with tips and predictions from 80 different digital marketing experts. So if you'd like to check that out, um, I'm sure there's a link. Uh, I'll include a link to that in the show notes of this very episode. That's um, episode 143 of Digital Marketing Radio. So find that over, of course, at www.digitalmarketingradio.com. But uh, let's segue into the second section of our discussion, and that focuses more on Tom's thoughts on where digital marketing's been and where it's heading. So, starting off with... Software I couldn't live without. So, Tom, what software do you currently use in your business, apart from Aweber, <laughs> that if someone took yeah, away from you sure. <laughs> would significantly impact your marketing success? So, my answer to this is actually something that is getting taken away from me, and um, that is Mozilla uh, Thunderbird, um, which is an email client. So, it's what I use to manage my inbox, um, and it's it's no longer going to be supported. Um, so, I'm I'm pretty concerned. I've been using this for about five years, and uh, it's kind of my uh, GTD kind of get things done um, method of just kind of managing my inbox so when that goes away i'm, I'm, I'm gonna need a new solution <laughs> and no thoughts on what that might be at this stage I, i'm worried about it i'll be honest but no thoughts yet okay well here's a slightly more challenging question what piece of software don't sure. you use but you've heard good things about and you intend to try at some point in the near future um i you know this isn't necessarily a piece of software per se but i'm, I'm hearing a lot of good things about snapchat um, and I'm not on Snapchat. So mm. I'm, I'm very interested in trying to understand Snapchat um, <laughs> as, a mar- as, as, a, as a marketer, right? Yes, I'm, I'm right there with you, actually, because um, I'm, I've registered um, on there, you know, a couple of different brand names on there and used it a little bit and went, hmm, not too sure how I'm going to use this. I'll have to think about it a little bit more before I actually uh, give it a serious go. Awesome. So, um, okay, great. Okay, we'll include links to those two um, resources that you mentioned in the show notes, but uh, moving straight on to... I wish I would have. So, I'd like you to look back at the very first day that you are involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently? Um, well, I, I didn't have an email strategy. Um, so, I, you know, that's kind of a, a cheap answer because I'm, I'm in email marketing, but um, I did not have an email strategy. It just wasn't something on my radar. Um, so driving traffic to, uh, various, um, properties online, like, like, uh, blogs and just, uh, websites that I've worked on in the past, um, not capturing that traffic, you know, just letting that traffic, um, you know, there's so much you can do now with retargeting, uh, you know, and just having Facebook pixel on your page, um, or on your site. Uh, there's a lot you can do to kind of recapture that, um, that traffic, but yeah, I just wasn't doing any of that. It was just hoping that they would come back. Is Facebook retargeting the most important retargeting at the moment? I absolutely think it is. Um, yes, definitely. Okay. Well, I'm moving on to... The this or that round. So this is the quick response round. Ten quick questions awesome. here. <laughs> just two rules. Okay. Try not to think about the answer too much. And you're only allowed sure. to say the word both on one occasion. So. Okay. Okay, let's get going. Awesome. Email or Twitter? Both. Audio or video? Uh, Audio. Affiliates or display advertising? Affiliates. Facebook or Google Plus? Facebook. Online press releases or one-on-one relations? One-on-one relations. Paid search or SEO? SEO. Email contact form or telephone number? Email contact form. Website or app? Website. 
social subscriber or email subscriber? Email subscriber. And local marketing or global marketing? Global marketing. I don't think I've heard anyone use their both on the very first question before. So there's a first for you. That was a curveball uh, too, because I bet a lot of people will expect me to just default to, uh, to email. But Yes, lo- uh, primarily it has been email, but um, you still view Twitter as being quite important. Even though I think you said it um, towards the start, um, Twitter was perhaps questionable to spend too much time on. Um, I think that Twitter is a great way to build your email list. Um, right. So, yes. So I, I think that Twitter um, and, and Facebook especially, um, two awesome platforms to drive new traffic to your email list. Um, so I think they can live uh, kind of symbiotically. The $10,000 question. If I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success? Um, I would spend it on uh, research and development for new products. Okay. Um, research and development. Would that mean employing someone or researching technology yourself somehow? Uh, it would probably be a combination of both. Uh, so it would probably be a, a research, in, you know, research myself on uh, what, what can I build or what can I employ someone to build um, that's going to provide a massive amount of value to my uh, customers or my my following. Okay, so your customers, you're not necessarily looking to enter a new market at all. You're you're probably looking to augment something that you do already. Yeah, so I would I would absolutely take that money and spend it on something that's going to provide direct value to customers, um, and then get, and then get that out through organic channels um, or or through social. And I take it you'd maybe survey your customers first of all to see what they were looking for and actually build that product based on that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I would start with a small test um, and I would definitely, you know, uh, we use the MVP model, uh, minimum viable products, you know, so that you can test small um, and and just get validation that it's going to be of value to your your tribe. Uh, But I always find that the best marketing is is a fantastic product because fantastic products market themselves. Um, So if, if, if we can, uh, if I can invest that money into something that's going to provide a ridiculous amount of value, uh, then I think that it would grow organically through word of mouth. Absolutely. The quickest way to kill a bad product is good marketing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> My number one takeaway. Well, Tom, you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation, but what's the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their businesses? Um, uh, most important thing, and, and you know, I, I, I don't want to make this sound, sound like just a overt pitch for email marketing, but I just want to reiterate that there are people out there, human beings, uh, who would love to hear from you. Um, you, as a small business owner, entrepreneur, um, a marketer, uh, you have an authentic original voice. Uh, so I would say find that voice, um, even if you're not a great writer. Uh, just start working on building out that that authenticity and that voice um, and and finding ways to connect with people through email um, because it's so rewarding uh, because I find that with email you get immediate results um, and and you know one email response to a, a, a broadcast that you send where someone just says something as simple as hey you made my day um, or I never thought of it that way and you're really going to change the way that I, I I work, um, or uh, just any validation in what you do as, as a 
for a profession or as you're calling. Um, when that comes from a human being uh, and it's not just a, a Twitter favorite, um, that's a really great feeling. Uh, and it really validates uh, that you're, you're doing the right things um, in your business or beyond. Uh, so I would absolutely say start building your email list, but don't think about it in terms of quantity. Just think about it in terms of building one-on-one relationships with people who absolutely want to hear from you. A real tweet reply or a real email yeah. actually um, in response to something that you've done is something that um, means a lot, I'm sure, to, to just about everyone out there. Definitely. Wonderful. Okay, well, that takes us to the end of our discussion today. So awesome. thank you so much for your time and your advice. Thank you. What's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, it's at TNRT. Um, if you want to, if you want to sign up for my my personal email list, um, you can go to weekly.coffee. Uh, and the interesting thing there um, is every week I give away a five dollar Starbucks gift card uh, to a random subscriber. So that's my incentive, right? That's my incentive to uh, to get people to join. Uh, but my uh, weekly.coffee uh, uh, email list is weekly uh, productivity tips. Uh, and motivational, um, or just tactics to stay motivated um, so that you can continue to build your business um, and build your calling. Uh, and, and that, a lot, of it, a lot of that comes from my, my uh, project management roots and, and just, you know, just being very mindful of getting things done uh, and seeing results. Uh, but that's a great way to get to know me. Um, and if you want to get to know A. Weber, uh, I, know, I know David uh, gave the pitch in the beginning, but you can check out aweber.com. Um, and you can check out uh, our email marketing platform. Um, and we're doing a lot of awesome things with email automation this year, and uh, we're really excited for that. I've just been to your website address there, and I didn't even realize that um, Dot Dot Coffee, Coffee was a, was a, was a pro- proper domain name. But it's, it's, it's certainly it's there. Yep. It's there. It works. I can, get, I can confirm it to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay, wonderful stuff. Um, so um, yeah, thanks to Tom, and thank you to your listener too. And if you like thank you. what Tom shared today, here's how you can help. Go to your friend's iPhone, go to the podcast app and search for Digital Marketing Radio. Then click on the show and hit the subscribe button and make them listen too. Finally, I'm also hosting another live show every Friday called This Week in Organic. So head over to thisweekinorganic.com to find out more about that. But um, that's all for now. Until we meet again, adios and um, thank you again, Tom. Great stuff. Thank you. Thank you so much.